Hello and welcome to the First Rule of Film Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Eddie. And I'm Alex. And each week we invite you to watch a film with us um, and then join us for a little discussion on it where we also play a game at the end. <laughs> this week we've been watching The Days of Bagnold's Summer. So what was that about? Uh, well, firstly I just want to mention that if you haven't seen Days of the Bagnold's Summer then turn off now, go off and watch it and then come back again because we will be going into quite spoilery territory. Ooh, Even though, warned. to be honest, it's not the most spoilery film in the world but still I would say what well, you know, you go watch it first, you know. You can Come probably on. guess Be exactly nice. what's going to happen <laughs> from the trailer. <laughs> uh, just to give a brief synopsis of the film, on IMDb it says, A teenager spends his summer listening to heavy metal music and trying to get on with his librarian mum. And, uh, yeah, I, I th- think, to be fair... That's <laughs> Is that the whole synopsis? <laughs> that's it, really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I thought it was going to be a couple of sentences longer No, 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 they, they've, they've hit the nail on the head there, to be honest. It's a nice, kind of small British comedy about mother and son and their kind of fractious relationship mm. and I think that's you, you know. called it a character piece yesterday Hannah keenly observed a keenly <laughs> observed character Whoa. piece which is absolutely correct yeah so what did you guys think I I really really liked it I thought that f- for what it was and for what it was trying to do I think it it, it did everything that it wanted to do mm. if that makes sense like it's not the most epic or the most grandiose or the most necessarily kind of like hard hitting film I've ever seen but in terms of what they wanted it to be, I think they, they absolutely, you know, they got it completely right. It was sick. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was very heartwarming and it's the kind of film that you put on when you're feeling a bit down or when you're feeling a bit like, you know, it's a rainy day and you need some cheering up. Mm. It just felt very, like, happy and safe and I think... I was a bit worried towards the end that the resolution wasn't going to be what I was hoping yeah. for, that they weren't going to, they weren't going to make the two <laughs> characters like each other in the end. But actually, it was just as I hoped it would be. <laughs> it was beautiful. Mm. It's amazing how much you get to care about the characters. They really feel like real people. I think part of that, part of that's definitely down because I think the script was great, but I think the performances were really, really good. Like especially the mum. Like I think, I mean, both the two leads were fantastic. Mm. Mm. But the mum was, I thought, like the way she like, the way she spoke and the way kind of her voice would sometimes kind of waver when you could tell mm. that she was kind of about to deliver bad news or the way yeah. she kind of was clearly swallowing. Especially stuff. the mum. Yeah, like, she was played by Monica Dolan, mm. Sue Bagnold. I think <coughs> amazing like, performance. She absolutely nailed that role. Mm. Sometimes you could say she was overacting it maybe just to make her character more like, um, like funny or relatable in some ways. But actually, the way she played it was just perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. I love the bit when she's talking with her sister and her sister's asking her how the date had gone. Yeah. And she's talking about how they had the kiss in the taxi. Yeah. And her sister's saying about how she's a bit dowdy and stuff. And then <laughs> oh, she's, thanks very much. Yeah, she's sort of having a go at her, but you can tell she's kind of pleased underneath and she's feeling a bit of a buzz yeah. from having someone like her. Yeah. And that sort of acting is so subtle. Mm. And she did it so well. And I think mm. you could you could tell as well, because obviously the whole film focuses is mostly on the relationship between her and her son. Mm. And they clearly, you know, they it, it's difficult for them to get on, like I mean, like with any teenager and their mum. Like it's difficult. But you can tell that even though even the, at the points when they're arguing or they're kind of having a bit of kind of a, a fight, you can tell there's affection there. You can tell they both kind of enjoy that whole rapport. They they enjoy the dance of like, you know, she'll say something really nice and mumsy and then he'll give like a one word answer that's really like gruff and then she'll go, Oh come on, don't be like that. But you can tell I don't know, really subtly you can always tell that they, they really enjoy each other's company. And we were, before we sat down to watch the film, we were looking at the, like, you know, rent in HD, rent in SD. (laughs) 
And I was I was sat there. I was on the side of look. You know, you only live once. Let's let's rent it in HD. <laughs> One pound extra. Yeah. Hannah, your frugal uh, you know, kind of yeah. nature. You know, I like tell alarm bells you, yeah. were were um, ticking in your head. But oh my god, was it worth it? Because the film is beautiful, and there's mm. a lot of um, like stunning landscape shots, and there's a lot of interesting like you know framing. One character's in foreground, one character's in background, and it was actually a really beautiful film, unexpectedly yeah. beautiful. I especially loved the shot when near the beginning, when the son was eating dinner in the front of the TV in the lounge, mm. and mum was eating dinner in the kitchen at the table, mm. and it was a shot where you could kind of see her through the window uh, at the back door, mm. and. I think those sorts of shots were amazing because the house wasn't that big, but you really felt like you knew the house. And if you're from the UK, you know that whole suburb <laughs> and those kind of houses that exist. Yeah. So it was amazing <clears throat> how they didn't even have that big a house. It was quite realistic. Mm. And yet they still managed to create that sort of physical distance. Mm. Um, yeah. Provocative. I like that. I, I really like the kind of the subtlety and the, the mundanity of <clears throat> like their house that they live in, like you say. It's, it's really small. It's like classic like English house. Like, it could have easily so have been British. my house when I was a kid. Whereas I feel like if this was set in America, even though they'd be, you know, kind of an average family, they'd have like a huge house, like be perfectly clean and like polished like mahogany. <laughs> yeah. The actors would be played by like, you know, Cameron Diaz and like, mm. you know, whatever, even though they're supposed to be like kind of like just average looking, but they'd be played by like, you know, Hollywood everything movie stars. Everything would be weirdly clean, wouldn't it? Yeah, everything would <laughs> be clean, everything would be like so, all the emotions would be so like out there, you know. And I, I think that the subtlety of this film is like, and they're kind of just capturing that mundanity of like, <laughs> growing up in Britain, I think they capture that perfectly. And feeling like you don't fit in as well when he's cycling through the neighborhood and mm. there's all the normal looking houses, mm. but then on the the soundtrack that he's listening to is like the scream death metal, metal yeah. <laughs> in a way, I think that's why we don't get many of these films. Mm. You don't see many in-betweeners type things like this because mm. the subtlety of the humour is such that it, it's only going to work here. I don't think yeah. an American would get any of this I film. I don't think so. I don't think many other cultures are going to understand it because yeah. everything is very British. Everything's yeah. very like, you know, you haven't even asked me if I'd like a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amount, you know, there's a lot of referencing tea and like, yeah. you know, is that just a ketchup sandwich and stuff yeah. like that? It's like, it's stuff we've all seen yeah. done for some reason in yeah. Britain. Someone coming around and asking for coffee and going, oh, I haven't had that in about five years. Why? Right, let me have a look and trying to find like an old packet in the back of the cupboard. Yeah. One of our favourite moments, I feel, was when it was like, um, it was almost like poking fun at the fact that when Americanisms come over to Britain, there's so much less enthusiasm behind it <laughs> that it almost makes it just hilarious to watch because he walks into that diner and he like gives him the CV because he's applying for all the jobs in town. And the guy asks him, you know, if he'd like to go large for 60p <laughs> on the meal that he's buying. And it's such an American setting and yeah. everything. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> just like, there's no like, enthusiasm anywhere yeah, to be seen. It's just that pause of like thinking about it when you're at the till. I think you just catch a pair of it that like... Uh, 60p, but uh, and then just um, do you want to upgrade to HD for 60p? Like you said, there's no passion in it, it's just like there's no no American going, like, you know, do you want to go large for just 60p more? The guy's just like, you want to go large for 60p? Give me a big gulp, yeah, Uh, yeah, right, yeah, right. I'll I'll consume a bit more. To be fair, I think the guy who played the teenager, although the mum kind of uh stole the show. Mm. 
I think he does a good performance to make you yeah. not entirely hate him because yeah. that character could have easily been so annoying and you just don't empathise with them at all. Both of them could have been hateable, really. Mm. I think the director... I saw an interview with the director, Simon Bird, was saying that he gave them equal screen time on purpose. Like, he made sure that they're both on screen for exactly the same amount of time. So if she gets a scene of 10 minutes, he also gets his, a scene for 10 minutes. Yeah. Because he didn't want it to be taking sides. It's not about... You know, it's even... If you're a mum... I don't think it's like it's not pandering to teenagers saying this is a film for teenagers. Oh, aren't mum's so annoying. It's not a film that's pandering to mums saying, "Oh, isn't it a nightmare to have a bratty kid?" I think for anyone watching, you, you're kind of in the middle and you like both of them, and you're not you're not taking sides. Neither of them's right or wrong. They're both. It's just about that kind of relationship. Yeah, it is so balanced, isn't it? Like you can always see both sides of every argument. Mm. Mm. And the resolution comes so much later than you think it will. Mm. Um, but it doesn't feel forced either. No. I have one yeah. complaint of the resolution um, because I think this is the major spoiler maybe of this film is that the dog dies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but I didn't care because I actually didn't know the dog. So yeah. I think my one complaint is that they don't even really mention the dog until it dies. Mm. And so maybe they could have had some emotional like leverage there that they just didn't have. Um, I think you made a good point, Eddie, when we were talking about it afterwards, saying that when the dog dies, it's almost like the son realises things don't stay around forever. You know, life is a transient thing, and that's almost maybe the thing that triggers him to ask his mum a bit, a few more questions about her life. And maybe you're not supposed to really know the dog that much or care that much when it dies because it's not really about the dog, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he I c- hasn't really paid attention to the dog, so mm. why, why should you? Yeah, I kind of preferred that it wasn't like... There weren't loads of scenes where him and the dog are really happy and running around carefree, and then it hits you. I kind of like that, like you say, it was kind of, the dog was kind of in the background and they only kind of appreciated it when it was gone. Yeah, actually, I see what you mean. And it didn't overly bug me. Like, I still loved the film. But mm. um, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that they that the dog died. And I was like, oh, they, they have that a dog. Come from? Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that was the point, is that their life was just so set in their ways. Yeah. And they didn't ever push themselves out of their comfort zone. There was not really any change. And then mm. it took something extreme, like your pet dying, mm. to realise, oh, my God, we've just been kind of living on autopilot. We actually need to do something so that it doesn't take a big change like that to feel like there's something different. Mm, actually, you've swayed me. Actually, I no longer care about not knowing the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. bit when she takes the um, the dog bed away and on the floor it's yeah. all yeah. like discoloured. That bit really made me feel quite emotional because, I don't know, it's just that feeling that there's something there that's always been there and then... It's for almost, years and, yeah. yeah, and it's so it's understated when it leaves. I like that shot as well because you see the dog and then you see their front door open, and then she goes off screen, and then she you just see like the kind of the wheelie bin, like kind of mm. a further down the road. She just kind of like just sort of pops the bed by the bin and kind of stays there for like a, a couple of seconds or so. Mm. Yeah, I it's thought quite, that was really nice. Yeah, like there's a lot of artistic choices in this yeah. movie. Like you know, just showing someone throwing out a dog bed mm. is so impactful in this movie. <laughs> it's I th- amazing. I think. I mean, and not to take away from Simon Bird, the director, because I, I think he did do a really good job, but I find it quite interesting when you watch films based on graphic novels, so based on kind of comic books, they're usually really nicely shot because you can tell they've, you know, it's a, it's a visual medium. It's not like a book where you have to kind of picture it. You've got 
a picture there and probably kind of, you know, a, a picture that someone's really like, you know, slaved over. Yeah, well, you've been so you can, some artistic inspiration. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can literally, with, with a comic book, you can really go f- almost shot for shot by just take each frame and go, right, that's up, that's the first shot, that's the second, yeah, that's the third. I hadn't thought of that. And so I think that's part of the reason why it looked so nice. Possibly. It'd be interesting to read that graphic novel and see how much yeah. similarity there is. Mm. But am I going to do that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that's nice about this film is the mum and the son are both repressing a lot of pain and they almost both find outlets at the end and that's kind of what pushes forward the resolution as well. Mm. I like that there was a point about three quarters of the way through the film where I was getting a bit concerned that it was going to go in this direction of they were kind of going to the the kind of inverted commas backstory of, of both of them. And I think they were going to go down... I thought they were going to go some avenue of all the reason why the boy's quite shy and quite inward is because something horrible happened to him or whatever, and same with her. Mm. And I was, re- I thought, I really don't want them to go that way because I think that it's kind of the wrong message because I think it's almost like saying, if you're quite introverted or if you're quite, like, you know, you're like, you know, that traditional teenager, there must be a reason why you're in that dark place rather than... It's just your personality and that's fine. That's just the way you are. Well, it's just a tough time. In yeah, so it, being a teenager is a, is a, it's a nightmare. So, you know, I, I don't think you need to necessarily have this kind of this ghost or this kind of backstory of why you're a bit, you know, gruff and a bit kind of muted. It's just, that's just the way you are. And I, I, I'm glad they didn't go down that route of saying, oh, they're sad because of this reason and now we need to yeah. resolve it and now we're happy. They kind of implied it a little bit with the <coughs> mum when they talked about Ian in the past. Yeah, they did it a bit, but I'm glad it wasn't. That, that didn't feel like the it, crux. It's definitely a happy sad, isn't it? It's mm. a real, like, it, for some reason, the comedy, you know, the levity that you apply to this sadness makes it a really enjoyable film to watch because mm. it makes it does make you feel like any amount of sadness can be overcome by just the right amount of, you know, like, get on with it kind of attitude. Mm. But it's also a really great coming-of-age film. Yeah. I'd almost call it, like, have you seen Submarine? No. no, it's a bit like Submarine in a lot of ways. You know the way the main character is quite insular, um, and in a certain extent, I'd also compare it to like the Way Way Back. If oh, you were to put a film. huge twist on it and make it an American version of the same film, I think they're also quite similar. But there's a huge emphasis on the family relationship in this film. Mm. Mm. The comparison I was going to make, but unfavorably, was you know Eighth Grade. <laughs> yeah, that film I seen that. is. We watched the first half of it, do you remember? And we had to turn it off because it was Did so we? bleak. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean, yeah. Whereas this film, I think it gets the comedy right as well. So it never feels... I mean, there is cringy humour, but yeah. it never feels too cringy You're that not... you have to literally turn it off yeah. because it's too relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like it's all cringy, but in a sense where, you know, it's not attacking you currently. Yeah, you know. It's not... attacking you when you were a teenager. It doesn't do that thing. <laughs> you know when you remember like an embarrassing memory, your, your body literally like shudders and you're like, oh God, you have to like kind of walk it off, walk off the like that embarrassing memory. That that film kind of, the eighth grade was that, whereas this one was more, mm. it, had, yeah. it had a finer balance, I think. Eighth grade was tough, but I actually really liked that film. Mm. I just found it too visceral. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, oh my blood pressure is being <laughs> measured currently. I'm wearing a contraption which measures my blood pressure every half hour. Mm. So, and uh, if you email in, if you can guess correctly what Alex's blood pressure is at the moment, we'll send out a um, a DVD. Yeah. Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, Good yeah, luck. we can give that. I think we got a couple of those. <laughs> One thing I was going to say was, you know, the um, cousin. Yeah. She was a bit kind of didn't really fit in either, with the soya milk and. Um, asking for coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, from like the other direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's like a complete opposite, isn't she? Mm. Going out with a 19-year-old. 
<laughs> but I think she also shows how messed up, you know, the other extreme is. You start the film and you're like, oh, these guys are pretty strange. They're pretty weird characters. Mm. And then I think she was a much more conventional person because she has a phone and she's like very socially, I don't know, socially normal. <laughs> but she still comes across as a complete weirdo in this film. Yeah, I like that none of the characters were, were kind of black and white, really. Like, you know, there was no... When she goes on a date with Rob Brydon, he's, he's a bit odd, but he's not kind of this kind of cliche, like, you know, awful guy to go out with. The cousin's not this cliche kind of annoying teenage girl. You know, you can tell she's got kind of a couple of layers as well. And you can tell there's affection between those two. Yeah. Even though they're quite different. Pros and cons to everyone, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. So what are we... Should we move to rating? Sure. Because mm. I, I don't mind rating it. Mm. I think for me, uh, do we rate out of 10? I yeah. feel like every time we do this, I, I yeah. ask what we <laughs> yeah. rate out of. Uh, we rate out of 10. I'm giving this, actually, for me, a 9. Oh, wow. I was actually going to say 9 as well. I flippin' loved it, and I can see myself literally watching this at any time, at any, like, rate, uh, on any rainy day. Oh, wow. I, th- I think I'm going to go with a, a 7, but, uh, I mean, I'd precursed that with what I said earlier, where I think everything that it wanted to do, it did. So, f- in terms of, you know, what they set out to do, I would give them a 10. I think it's just not quite 10, just because I... I don't know if it necessarily deals with like you know grander themes of like you know life or you know whatever. It doesn't have you know great, you know amazing memorable set pieces, which obviously wouldn't fit in. I'm not saying there needed to be a massive fight scene with you know jets you know smashing into each other, but I just think for me for a ten, it's got to have that sense of scale, and I think this didn't have that, and that's just a personal I mean, choice. I, I disagree with that. I think it does deal with grander themes. Uh, it deals with kind of trying to find your place in society and. Um, when he's feeling nihilistic and saying, what's the point of anything? I think that's quite a big topic to tackle. And it does it in a way which also gives you these characters who are really deep. And in terms of the set piece thing, there are loads of shots that I can remember exactly what they looked like. Um, So it's not, you know, fighting set pieces, but there's definitely parts in the film and little motifs like when they go to the beach that you remember those sections of the film as their own thing. There was that, but there wasn't, like, you know the film like, about a boy where there's that moment where they go on the stage at the end and they're kind of singing. Like, for me, that's that's a great kind of moment. And for me, there wasn't a one standout amazing moment in this film. And at the same... And also, it's kind of like we were saying earlier, like, I think it it is really relatable and it does deal with things really well, but I think it resonates with us because we're all British. Mm. I think if you showed an American this film, I don't think they would feel quite the same. I don't know, though. I'm just, this is just me. No, I agree. Assuming. I don't and think I, they and would. And I'm not slagging off the film at all. I'm giving it a seven, which I think is, a, a, you know, a, a good review. I'm just saying it's not, you know, it, it didn't blow no. my socks off. It I blew think, one of my socks off, but not both. I yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, it is, there's a certain amount of, like, objectively, I think this film probably hits, like, that seven or eight kind of area. But then I think subjectively, for me, it's mm. my favourite kind of comedy. Like, I love the in-betweeners. That sort of thing for me, like the mundanity of everyday life. I used to love a TV show called The Detectorists. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And it really does the same sort of thing. It's like sleepy town, like sleepy folk. It's just the weird aspects of mundane life that mm. no one thinks about because they're in the middle of it. But as soon as you put it on TV, it becomes hilarious to me. I do like that. I really love... My favourite like stand-up comedy is always like just about really mundane stuff. When it's mm. like just a comedy set about like ATMs, why can't they get the buttons to actually line up with the screen? and stuff just little things where it's like yeah that's actually really annoying yeah it's like infinitely <laughs> funny somehow yeah so that's why it's a nine for me i think it, it just tickles me in exactly the right way yeah i think i'd also give it a nine 
Mm. Even the day afterwards, I thought, oh, I might rewatch the first half. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we we must be related. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was a great film. There was a depth to all the characters. It really makes you think, um, and you really care about them. For a film that's only an hour and a half long, it achieves remarkably a lot. Mm, I agree with that. Um, so I think it deserves its time. Sweet. Well, I have prepared a little quiz. Oh, God, okay. Oh, my God. So, as you may okay. know, this film was directed by Simon Bird, who play- is be- probably best known for playing Will in The Inbetweeners. <laughs> so- <laughs> I watched a couple of interviews, as kind of re- research for this, and every interview <laughs> asked him... you cheater, all, all, these, all this, like, you know, researching oh, and sorry, watching interviews and stuff. But every now. interview, I could tell he was getting a bit annoyed, because every interview, they'd talk for maybe, like, two minutes about this film, and they'd be like, so, Inbetweeners, are they coming back? And he'd just be like, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to commit the same cardinal sin okay. by linking it in with the in-betweeners. Oh, and I've prepared a little game of real, no real. Oh, else you ripped off my... Are you spelling that with two E's or E-A? <laughs> uh, I thought I'd spell it with two E's, yeah. Okay, so you've just gone straight for the rip-off. Okay. Yeah, done. <laughs> okay. Wait, so, so what is this? The quotes from the in-betweeners? Or is it facts? No, it's facts. All oh, right, okay. And you have to tell me whether they're real or no real. Real or oh, no okay. real. Okay. 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 The first set of bus wankers were just normal people waiting at a bus stop. There weren't extras or actors, there were just normal people waiting there, and then Jay shouted bus wankers at them. Oh. I don't think so. Yeah, I think no real, because how would you convince those people then to film the subsequent scene? Yeah, and also, continuity also ITV would get screwed over for that. Like, you know, people phone and say, excuse me, but someone just filmed someone calling me a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, no, I can't see that happening. No, no real. <laughs> okay, I'll read all like, the answers. I'd the like end. it to be true, though. Okay, second one. Emily Head, who plays Carly, mm-hmm. went out with Blake Harrison, who plays Neil, in real life. Yeah, I think I might have heard that, actually. Yeah, I okay. think that might I'm, be true. You're against but, each other, by the way. You can't just oh, right, keep on oh, going for the oh, How right, many okay. questions are there, though? There's five. Okay, but I think that is real as well. So I'm struggling to... I can't just lose because, <laughs> because we have to... We yeah, do something different, yeah. No, I think... I, I, think, I some, think real. I think two of the actors went out, but I can't remember if it was them. But I'm getting yeah, I'll say real. Okay. Number three. The desert scenes in the Inbetweeners 2 movie were actually filmed in the Sahara Desert to save some money. <laughs> what, cheaper flights? <laughs> Wait, where were they meant to be filmed? Uh, the film's set in Australia. Oh, Okay. I think. Um, Why would the Sahara Desert be cheaper? Yeah, I it might think be like less no regulations real. or something. No real. I'm gonna say no real because also the Sahara is like. Oh if I, no, you Eddie! Both go for the same <laughs> Why? Why? Well, yeah, same as Alex. I'm not just gonna. <laughs> sa- I'm not gonna sacrifice yeah. my, my victory. It's all gonna come down to one question, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> okay, question four. Yeah. Matt Smith, best known for playing uh, Doctor Who, also auditioned for the role of Will, but didn't get it because he's. Too heroic and dashing, according to the director. Uh, I can believe that because I can imagine the, a director saying stuff like that when you don't get the part to just let you down lightly. <laughs> like even the, even if he doesn't actually believe that. Hmm. This is a tough call. I think I'm gonna say. Oh, I think I'm gonna say no real because I think that's a weird thing. For someone to say. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. Simon Bird, who plays Will, is actually older than Belinda Stewart Wilson, who plays his mother in the in the show. 
mm, real. Because I think he is pretty old now. Yeah, <laughs> he's got I, the air of a man who's experienced yeah. a lot. If he's, if, I mean, if he's directing films and he's surely he's got to be over thirty. I I, th- I can imagine him being older than her. Yeah, I'll say real. Okay, let's do the answers then. Okay. So, the first set of bus wankers were just normal people waiting at a bus stop. No. You both said no real. You both said no real. The answer is... Real. Really? Ugh. How did they not get sued? For That's like... just rubbish. The second set of bus wankers, yeah, the one well, who yeah. come over and yeah, like, shout at them. That, that would be scary if a guy actually came over and started strangling one of the actors and just took, keep <laughs> he rolling. Said he's sorry. Keep he rolling. Said he's sorry. Keep the cameras going. <laughs> Oh, I get it now. Yeah, sorry. I forgot that they shout at a set of people that they just drive past and then they're like, oh, that was great. And then they do it again and that's when the whole thing kicks. Oh, my oh, God. Okay. Those poor people. So you, you've both got zero. <laughs> I guess that's quite a good claim to fame that at dinner party saying I was one of the bus wankers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the original bus wankers. Yeah. Emily Head, who plays Carly, went out with Blake Harrison, who plays Neil, in real life. I think that's true. You both said real. They seem like they'd get on. It's actually no real. Oh. oh my god! She went out with someone, or he went out we with someone. We have been absolutely rinsed by this. Quiz. Someone, <laughs> someone went out with someone. Come on, yeah. put me out of my misery. Joe Thomas, who plays Simon, went out with Hannah Toynton, who plays Sarah. Uh, Tara, sorry. Ah, oh, really? Ah. Oh. Um, and they actually got engaged in 2017. Oh, that's nice. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time for another Tara update. <laughs> <laughs> the desert scenes in In Between Us Two movie were actually filmed in the Sahara to save money. I can't remember what I said for that. I think you guys we think said so. no real. I feel like the Sahara is the desert you would make up if you were going to make up a fake answer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that is the desert. That, <laughs> you know me saving, so well. Yeah. Yeah, saving money is such a Hannahism. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that whole thing just screams of you. They actually used iPhone cameras to save money yeah. on not using HD ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no real. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt Smith also auditioned for the role of Will, but didn't get it because he's too heroic and dashing. Ooh. Some people do think he's quite. This dashing. is where we differed, isn't it? Yeah. This is, oh, this is. Where, I said no real. This is where we separate. Okay. What's the answer? It's actually real. Yes. Oh. And also, Dominic Cooper of Mamma Mia fame auditioned to be Will. Oh, really? Avengers. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> just imagining him bursting into song and like. Yeah, but I just don't understand why. But he's like really good looking and like, I can't, it doesn't really work. Why would he want to play like a dork? Well, it probably just wanted to play anyone. Yeah, I suppose. It's money, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Uh, and finally, Simon Bird, who plays Will, is actually older than Belinda Stewart Wilson, who plays his mum. <sighs> we both said real, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Do I you can want imagine... to punt for a different answer, Alex, just in case, to make it a bit more exciting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to stick by my guns. Well, that's too bad for you, because it's actually no real. Yeah, but it would have been so cheap if I'd swapped at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, that would have been upsetting. Um, yeah, she's actually 13 years older than him. Oh, well, fair enough. So still not that big an age gap. Yeah. They, yeah. It's weird that it's, it is believable, though, that they would be the same age. Mm. She, yeah. Wait, so, um, so that's, that's Eddie. Eddie, Eddie wins won. the quiz. Yeah. Or oh. what DVD do I win today? Um, you win the pride of a good job done. You can actually oh. win the 50p from last week if you want. Oh, the I'm glad I do. Can I have that DVD on the floor over there? Oh, yeah. You can have Amadeus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that was a cracking podcast. Yeah, I think we've done a bloody good job. Uh, let me, before we go, I just want to read out a, uh, a little bit of our fan mail. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. If you can get through it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had an email from Lauren, uh, who firstly says, uh, we're all positively fantastic and she loves listening to us, guys. So, you know, oh, it's fantastic. Thanks, Thank you Lauren. very much, Lauren. 
<laughs> so she really enjoyed our discussion about The Rock and how handsome he is, which mm, is good. That we, was a good one, wasn't it, Lauren? I think we, <laughs> I think we will have to go back to uh, talk about The Rock at some point. I think a few Rock films are going to be in the works. Yeah. Um, finally, she's recommended a couple of films, uh, and we're going to take one from her list. So next week's film is going to be... The Titanic! Yes! <laughs> I love that Wherever film. Thank you so much for suggesting it, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like this. Maybe we should get more correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? More than we already have? Yeah, well, yeah. well, I mean, we've already got a lot to get through, but, you know, feel yeah. free. What is the email address? The email address is filmclubrules at gmail.com. And I believe you can also follow us on Instagram. What's the handle, Alex? At filmclubrules... So those are the ways that you can get in touch with us. Thank yeah. you for joining us on this episode. Yeah. And we'll see you next week for Titanic. Titanic it is. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Shut up.